Welcome to the Rebel Energy Podcast with me, your host, Jade Ellsbury. I'm a corporate dropout and multiple six-figure online business owner. My mission is to help you get out of the nine-to-five mindset and create a new narrative for moms working from home to gain more freedom, more income, and living your dream life by cultivating your own rebel energy. So grab a glass of wine, get comfy, and let's dig in. Hello, Rebel Energy. I'm so, so excited to have you here with me today. Season three is going to be a lot different than the first two seasons. I'm going to be getting vulnerable, sharing a lot with you. It's going to be business related still, but I really want this season to be about me showing you how much your personal life and your personal experiences can actually build character, not only in your personal life, but your business life as well too. And the hard, hard lessons and all the abuse and lies and trauma that I've gone through, I've been able to actually take those hard lessons and turn it into a very successful business and actually was able to better myself and not stay in that chapter of my life. So I'm really, really excited to dig in with you, talk about all the things. So first, I want you guys to know in the the upcoming episodes, there is going to be talk about miscarriage. There's going to be talk about emotional, physical, verbal abuse. So if that is something that might be a trigger for you guys, I just want to let you know that that is going to be talked about um, in this season. So let's get started. And this is going to be about the stepping stone. So this is before I even started a virtual assistant business. But I know I talk a lot about like why I decided to invest in a coach. And yes, what I've said is true. You know, I wanted to provide for my family. I wanted something um, that would keep me at home and be able to provide while I was at home with my kids. But I don't go into it a little bit deeper. I honestly haven't felt comfortable enough to share that. And now that it's been a few years later, I do feel comfortable to really pull back that curtain and let you guys in 100%. So you guys know I started off as a beach body coach, which I really love that. But during that time, I really was trying to find something for myself. I miscarried before I had Cooper that September. It was definitely one of the worst moments of my life, for sure. And getting pregnant with Cooper just a short three months later, I didn't realize it at the time, but I definitely was depressed during that. I think that definitely carried in to my pregnancy with Cooper. The whole time I was pregnant with Cooper, I kept thinking, well, you know, I would be this far along with that baby. And when that baby's due date came up. That week was really hard for me as well too. Even though I was so excited to be pregnant and have a healthy pregnancy, it was just very, very difficult for me. Now, before I got pregnant with Cooper, which was in December, that May, I had graduated with my four-year degree. And I just had this vision of like, my life is going to be perfect. I'm going to get a job with benefits. I'm going to have my second kid, which we agreed on two kids. My family will be complete and life is going to be amazing. Well, Cooper came 
And I was obviously so excited. Love my Cooper. Can't imagine life without him. But I had postpartum anxiety. Oh my gosh. The things I could tell you guys that I worried about is so ridiculous. Um, but I really, really did. And I think a lot of that was because I had miscarried. I was, and even, even when I had Kellen, I was always very much paranoid, anxious all the time. I would set an alarm like every hour, go make sure that he was breathing. Same thing with Cooper. That's just one of my worst fears is losing a child. And even though I was only six weeks along when I miscarried, it was really hard for me to get over that. So I had Cooper and I remember my ex coming in. I was looking in the mirror and I was bawling because I had gained 15 pounds actually after my miscarriage in the three months that I got pregnant with Cooper. I was depressed. I ate my feelings. It was really unhealthy. And then I gained another 45 pounds when I was pregnant with Cooper. So I was a lot bigger than I was, you know, after I had even Kellen. And my ex-husband walked in and I'm looking at my, I was, you know, I was in my underwear and bra and I was looking at my stomach because I had a second C-section. And he walks in and he goes, what is wrong with your stomach? And I just started bawling because I was looking at my stomach too and I, it, it looked a lot different. I didn't recognize it. And for him to say that, I just, I couldn't believe it. And then even after I miscarried, I remember a week later, you know, I was still really upset and I was just so angry at God. Why would God allow this? And he said, why aren't you over it yet? And again, both those instances will always stick with me. And instead of feeling anger, which I'm sure I did feel a little bit of anger towards him, I really just felt guilt. I felt guilt that I had gained that much weight and that my stomach looked weird and deformed from the C-sections. I felt guilt that I wasn't quickly able to just get over the miscarriage. And gosh, even saying that now, I'm like, Jay, that's so crazy. Why would you feel that way? But it was literally the years of manipulation, gaslighting, invalidating my feelings. You know, if I ever got upset about anything, I was being dramatic. I was being crazy if I got angry at anything that he did. And so even though it was for the wrong reasons, I'm still grateful to have gone through that hurt because it got me in the right direction. And that direction was honestly towards Beachbody. So again, in my fucked up mind, I was like, wow, I need to lose this baby weight. You know, I don't want my stomach to look like this, blah, 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 blah. So I invested $160 in Beachbody and fell in love with the workouts. And that's when I kind of got involved with like the coaching of women, right? That was the extra income. I ended up leaving my job actually five years this month, January of 2017. So the 29th of January, that was my first full day at home working full-time in my virtual assistant business. And I loved it. But during that time, with joining Beachbody, they talked about self-development. And I kind of heard that, but I was like, eh, whatever. Like, what is that, right? And that's when I started to fall in love with myself, to be honest. Like, 
bettering myself, bettering my life. And so that January, I love the new year. I know some people are like, oh yeah, New Year's resolutions. I am so goal-oriented that I just love the new year. And so that year I was like, okay, I'm going to work on myself. I'm going to work on not only losing the baby weight and feeling good about myself again, but also taking care of me. And I really started to work on being a better person. I started going to therapy. I started, you know, reading again and and reading self-development books and all that. And what I started to realize was my ex-husband got jealous, to be totally honest with you. And he wouldn't do it with me. And I wanted him to do it with me. I wanted to make our marriage and our relationship better. But I should have known that was not going to be the case because even after two months of dating, we started dating when I was 20, two months later, that was the first time he laid hands on me. And I made an excuse for it because I was like, well, he was drunk. And the majority of the time, like, yes, we did fight and yell, you know, unfortunately, when my little one, Kellen, was around uh, before Cooper was even born. But it never really got, yes, he was emotionally disconnected. You know, he didn't treat me always how a husband should when he was sober. But it always was way worse when he would drink. Now, I I don't care if people come home and have a couple of beers. That's not me, especially with doing Beachbody, right? I was like, that's wasted calories. I'm not going to drink. And I was never a big a big drinker like every day. I could go weeks and weeks without drinking, but I'm a social drinker. So if I went out, I think because I had my little one, you know, I was pregnant when I was 22, where if we got a sitter, I was like, yes, I'm going to let loose and have a good time kind of a thing. And I really, to be totally transparent, I really did struggle with alcohol when I was younger. I never drank in high school. I didn't have my first sip of alcohol until a couple of months, I think, before I turned 20. Yes, it was like September before I turned 20. So I never really knew how to, which guys, don't don't drink underage. It's bad for you. But didn't know how to handle my alcohol or anything like that. And my ex-husband at the time was a big, big, big partier. That's all we did together. And so it took a long time for me to realize I can't drink dark alcohol and just really learn my limits and things like that. So even from the very beginning of our relationship, I was already struggling with that. Try not to make him mad when he was drunk and and things because I knew it would escalate. And he never, this is as fucked up as it sounds, I always justified it with, well, he's never punched me, right? He never made me bleed, but he would leave bruises. He would hide my car keys so I couldn't leave. He would call me names. He would shove me, throw things at me, all of that. And then I got pregnant with Kellen. And I was 22. But in my mind, it was always the right thing to do, right? Be a family, get married, all of that. I wish now 10 years later, I know now what I, or I knew then what I know now, which is if you're in an unhealthy relationship, it's better for the child to not, you know, for you to actually leave and not get married. But again, I, and I was in love. It was abusive. I didn't see that 
I think I knew that, but I think on some level, I thought it was normal or at least okay because it was majority of the time when he was drunk. Now, even after Kellen was born, we would go out with friends and and things like that. And obviously, we had a sitter. So, you know, we come back home. The Kellen would be usually with, you know, my ex's parents. And that's when the abuse would start. So I also justified it because he never abused my kids and my kids were never at home to actually see the abuse. And obviously the next day, you know, it was like, oh, well, you know, I'm sorry and whatever. But I remember the apologies getting less and less and less grand, right? Like the grand gestures, I guess, is a better way. You know, like the flowers, like I get flowers and stuff. And then, you know, once we were married, that really didn't happen unless I threatened divorce. And it was just, oh, I'm just so angry at myself that I even stayed as long as I did. But it got worse and worse and worse. Now, after Cooper was born, remember, this is like the line in the sand moment that I had. And I was very much just, I'm going to work on myself. And one thing that I read too is that when one partner tries to work on themselves, usually the other one will follow along. He never followed along. Yes, sometimes to appease me, he would work out with me. I can count on one hand the number of times he ran and worked out with me the entire 10 years that we were together. And that was my thing. I always wanted us to get healthier and have a better marriage and all of that. He wanted no part of it. He didn't want to go to therapy. He didn't want to go to marriage counseling. So I did it by myself. And I remember going to therapy and talking to her and going in there and being 100% convinced that I was the problem. I went in there. I was like, hey, I'm crazy. I'm a bitch. I lose my temper. And by the second time I went to talk with her, she told me, Jade, you are not the problem. Your husband is the problem. What you want isn't you being needy. That is like the basics of a marriage. That's what you're wanting. Just the basics. And I was like, holy cow. And that was a big turning point for me as well. Here I am trying to better myself, work on myself, and he would make fun of me for it. And the crazy thing, as I was writing this outline for this podcast season, and it just hit me the other day, and I was like, wow. It's so amazing how when you're traumatized, how much you block out. But I remember at the very beginning of our relationship, before Kellen was even born, going to a therapist because here's what he would do. He would do things to disrespect me, push my buttons. And I'm not the type of person to keep my mouth shut. If I'm pissed, you know it. And so I would stick up for myself and then it would turn to a big fight. So I was fully convinced even early on that I was a bitch. I was a psycho, that I had anger issues. Anyways, I was going to this one therapist. Her name was Mary. And, you know, she was telling me all of this stuff about, um, you know, like what what he was doing wrong. And so I went back home and told my ex-husband and would tell him, hey, like, no, like this is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. And he's like, no, she just hates. She hates men. She literally hates men. And I think and again, this was like 10 years ago, but I think she was divorced or something like that. And she had shared that with me. 
uh, because her ex was the same. And so I actually quit going to that therapist because he had convinced me that she was a man hater and that, that again, like I was the problem. And so I was like, she's not a good therapist. And I quit going to her. I did not go to a therapist again. I think it was like another five or six years. And I absolutely, I still go to the therapist. I freaking love her. But me going to seek therapy was a part of that self-development because again, I had been told at that point for seven years that I was the issue. And what she taught me was that all I was wanting from him was for him to understand that what he was doing was wrong. But I could never, I would always have to do a big thing, like freak out or threaten divorce or something to actually get him to react and show that he gave a shit about me. And again, that was not okay for me. I should have left the very first time that he laid hands on me, but I didn't because honestly, I don't even know why, because I didn't know any better. And so during those first couple of years from like 2017 to, you know, 2019, when I would go to beach body events and things like that, he was always him putting me down, making me feel stupid for getting excited about something on my own. And looking back, I never, re- besides running and working out, I never really had a hobby or an interest. It was always my kids or my work that I was passionate about and, and even him. And I think that when I started to work on myself and better myself, and I started to realize, Jade, you are in a fucked up relationship and you're being abused and that's not okay. That's when he started to get angry. And that's when the drinking got worse, which I will talk about in my next episode. But the biggest thing that I learned from this is I can't allow others to keep me small. And that's what he was trying to do. He was trying to honestly control me, keep me small, and keep me under his thumb. And when I started to get outside of that and expand and talk to people, he didn't like that. And during the whole time I was getting abused, I did tell his mom at the very beginning. She called me when we were dating. She called me a liar. And because of that instance... I never talked about it again, I think, except to my my mom, which obviously she told me to leave and I didn't. But yeah, because I was called a liar, I thought no one else is ever going to believe what is going on either. And it made me feel so ashamed and also guilty too, because when his mom called me a liar and said that that wasn't happening and that her son would never do that, I felt like I was deserving of what was going on. And I never talked about it again until the drinking escalated, which we'll get into the next episode. So no matter what you are going through right now, if you are being abused in any single way, please take it from me. I stuck it out for 10 fucking years. He never changed. And it only got worse. So get out now. If it happens once, 
It will always, always, always happen again. I promise you. Get out now while you can. So thank you guys for listening to this first episode. It was really hard for me to get through. I've actually, to be totally honest, it's taken me an hour to record this 20 minutes because of all the tears and emotions that it brings up for me. But I appreciate you guys so much. And I will see you on episode two of Rebel Energy. I hope that you enjoyed today's show. And if you did, then please hit subscribe. And remember, you are amazing, you are worthy, and you are capable. Until next time, Rebels.